0: You're listening to the audio program, Host and Guest, hosted by me, Rick Katchke. Now here's myself, Rick Katchke. Yes, welcome to this edition of Host and Guest. I'm your host, Rick Katchke, and on today's program, I'm joined by comedian Dan Telfer. We'll have the interview with Dan in just a moment. While Host and Guest was on hiatus, uh, I actually was rear-ended in Chicago after a concert. My girlfriend and I saw Dan and Matt Wilson at Shubas, and literally right after we left, we had driven a block and were at a stoplight, and all of a sudden it felt like an explosion had happened uh, as we were rear-ended by a car going easily 25, 30 miles an hour. I wanted to get out of the car and look at the damage, but the guy who hit us uh, decided to keep driving, and so we ended up, you know, getting on their tail and following them and I was I was yelling out the window like come on man don't be a jerk about it and there was a a guy on a bicycle who had seen the whole thing and was following and was trying to I I don't know why he thought that he could catch him on a bicycle but he's like don't worry we got this and um, I called the Chicago police and I I didn't know what the damage was or anything because I was just trying to track this guy and the woman from the Chicago police really lectured me and Uh, told me that I shouldn't be calling while I was still driving because I know that's a thing in Chicago but it was still like come on like this was my opportunity to to catch the guy so I ended up having to stop and when I stopped I, I looked over the damage and it you couldn't tell that I'd been hit it was a Toyota Celica against my Mercury Sable and I think since the Celica is lower to the ground there's a little bit of a paint scratch on the bumper, but otherwise it doesn't look like anything. But I did get the license plate of the car. It's uh, obviously uh, Illinois license plate. six nine four eight four three five. So if anyone out there has some sort of wacky tracking device, I would love to get this person's mailing address so I could send, not threatening, but sort of mocking letters to them. I wouldn't obviously attach my address, but... It just sort of, hey, how's your Celica doing? How's the front end? Because I'm sure that their car ended up being much worse off than mine. We'll have the interview with Dan in just a moment. My guest on today's program is Dan Telfer, a rising star out of Chicago. His first EP, Fossil Record, is coming out very soon on AST Records. I spoke to him after a performance of his in Madison, Wisconsin. Alright, uh, welcome to this edition of Host and Guest. Today I'm joined by Dan Telfer. Dan, welcome to the program. Very nice to be here, Rick. Here <laughs> on the staircase. It is, but the acoustics are surprisingly good. I don't know how much ambient noise this. Uh... This is going to be perfect. Awesome. Now, uh, Dan, your, your first uh, EP is dropping soon. Yeah. Uh, Fossil record on AST Records. Yeah. Uh, tell us about how the album, the EP, excuse me, came to be.
1: Well, um, I am so lucky in that there is this wonderful venue that's now closed in Chicago called the Lakeshore Theater, and they've let me open for basically whoever I begged them to let me open for. I mean, I, I had uh, this set with Maria Bamford I opened for her. It was my first feature, like, middle act set. I'd done some showcases for them, and I was like, oh, hey, you think I could do Maria? And they're like, we'll, we'll see what we can make happen. I opened for her, we hit it off, she took me on the road a couple of times, and that was enough for them to go, hey, like, you fit our aesthetic pretty well, and I got to open for tons of people. Um, I said Paul F. Tompkins is, you know, one of my favorite comedians, could I open for him? I opened for him. Uh, The record label was like, hey, like, we'll test our equipment on you, no problem, (laughs) like, we'll we'll record your set and give it to you, and I, I, the guy at AST Records, Matt Belknap, I had met him previously in Los Angeles. I try to get out there about once a year, and he's also a writer. I'm in addition to stand up, I do some writing, and I right. try. I, I'm hoping one day I can get uh, a day job, even though I love stand up more than anything. I hope I yeah. get because I have a family. I hope I can get a day job writing for TV one day. I talked to Matt Belknap. He was super cool. He let me do his show he used to run called See You Next Tuesday. Right after uh, Comedy Death Ray, right? Yeah. And um, I'd done that with him in the past. And so he was cool enough to say, hey, I'll test the equipment on you and send me my set. I did it as a self-release for a while. Sold a, about 100 copies. And they just it was great. Like I was Because of Maria Bamford taking me on the road a couple of times... I was selling these cds and like i i felt like i was a really good match with her as an opener and these cds were just like boom boom boom, selling and i told matt like you know hey things are going pretty good for me i've done some industry showcases i've had a couple of record labels say hey can we do an online just itunes only release of your cd and uh matt was like you know what we like you. I've worked with you in person. Why don't we release it? And that was awesome because he not only is releasing it as just an EP because it's a short. It was opening like at the yeah. end at the end of the CD. You hear me say like, I'm excited <laughs> to see Paul F. Tompkins. How about you? Which is so like no CD does that. It's clearly I'm a pussy opening for somebody else and not a national headliner who's been on television. But um, yeah, like he was like, let's get a couple. I, I just you know. Greg Proops had just done a CD release show for his a CD uh, elsewhere, and Paul f. Tompkins did some audience riffing that was on Freak Wharf mm-hmm. that people loved and ate up, and he'd done it for a second show when he recorded his album, and, and and I had told Matt in conversation that like that would be really cool, and he was like, yeah, I already was planning on begging <laughs> Paul to release that as an EP, so when he offered... To, he was like, you know, don't take those other offers. I will release this EP. Let's yeah. do a three-pack. Uh, Greg Proops at his CD release party for his last LP. They did this set, and we have maybe three. We could do it once. So that's how that came to be. Um, I was basically in the right place at the right time because I, because I begged. And because Maria Bamford and I had a lovely connection. So I do thank her in the liner notes, even though she had no direct correlation to the CD, because she is a muse and an awesome trendsetter for stand-up, because <laughs> they come from theater, and, cause, and from coming from a theater background, uh, she's so theatrical and performance art related, and that is such a gift to stand-up, and that's one of the only reasons I do stand-up at all is because I think that, sure, there are people like her out there. So,
0: so you're, it's part of a three-pack, so you should probably listen to yours they should probably listen to yours before Paul Tompkins so it's like <laughs> introducing his it would help
1: uh, but I don't know I mean I I hope people listen to mine at all I think people who buy it are going to buy it for Greg and for Paul so mine is like the weird guy who's <laughs> never been on the his life in any way or Mr. Show like yeah this guy is fucking open for Paul I guess we get this for free um, yeah I mean I'm really lucky and grateful I've been on the Bob and Tom show I don't know if you're familiar They're on like cable channel WGN, WGN. and but it's like WGN World or some like. They've been I've been on television, right? But only on like channel 192. So, and not even in Chicago. That's like in other parts of the Midwest. So I mean, the fact that they include me in this, the fact I've got barely any credits to my name. This is like one of the biggest credits. Yeah, I have. (laughs) It's awesome. I mean, and they're my favorite record label. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, buy Free Wharf, by Paul F. Tompkins, buy Death of the Party by Kyle Canaan, uh, Andy bo- Daly's Nine bo- Sweaters. Andy Daly's Nine Sweaters. Uh, There's some debate on a special thing.com over what was the first AST Records EP. Uh, please buy Jonah Ray's uh, special vinyl EP that was the actual first EP, not this. <laughs> um, uh, but that, that is a major debate A uh, controversy Well, he took us to task Because <laughs> this is supposedly the first AST EP And uh, this is not true It's Jonah Ray, writer for uh, WebSoup starring Chris
0: Hardwick Now, uh, you mentioned your theater background What's it been like uh, Transitioning from traditional theater And you also had uh, improvisation With Del Close Taking that and transforming it into stand-up
1: Well, it is lovely that you know my background because, again, I am a nobody. Um, And if you're listening to this podcast, again, I am grateful that you you are even listening this far into the podcast. But, yeah, I mean, it's tough because, for me, the big draw of stand-up is I can do whatever I want. But if you start in stand-up, people immediately try to beat you down and make you follow the formula that stand-up has been following for the last 30 years or so, where you – whatever the club wants, whatever – Goes over what you start doing. Clean material, you work up to dirty material. Um, so for me, I tried to do really insane conceptual, filthy stuff right away. <laughs> I'm very lucky that anyone listened to me um, because I have very high standards. I'm such a snob, I'm a nerd, I like nerdy science fiction, fantasy. Clu- like, clubs just were never a big part of what my goal was in life. Like, I really wanted to do stuff I wrote. I wanted to do material that was important to me. I wanted to do stuff that was interesting. The only reason I ever got into stand-up was because I listened to people like Maria Bamford, Paul F. Tompkins, Patton Oswalt, Brian Posehn, people who I thought were, like, only doing stand-up like, at this point because they found a niche. And I was like, okay, I have no, I have no fans, but I will carve my niche out right away. Um, And so it's tough. I have high standards. I don't want to even be on stage if I'm doing just shitty jokes about, isn't, aren't girls weird? Like, (laughs) I want to do weird conceptual stuff. Uh, So I've been really lucky. I know when I started doing stand-up, one of the hardest things was just getting the local other comedians to respect who I was. Mm -hmm. Because Chicago, third biggest city in the world, one of the most enormous stand-up scenes in in the world, uh, not third big city, third biggest city in the country. Uh, yeah, I was Absolutely. like, holy shit. I've had two, I've had two glasses of wine. This is after a show, so I'm a little bit mentally handicapped at this point. But yeah, I mean, it's a huge city, but the 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 ratio of population to comedy club is really small. So you have all these people competing for alternative mm-hmm. comedy showcases and stuff. Anything that's not an open mic, they're just like piling on, and so. To get people to give a shit who I was, right away people were like, who is this guy who thinks he's, uh, what's the Bob Odenkirk, Mr. Show, uh, King Shit of Fuck Mountain, like, who does he think he is? <laughs> people were right away questioning what I was doing. I was very lucky. A uh, stand-up comedian named Tony Sam ran this awesome show called Chicago Underground Comedy. Mm-hmm and Chicago Underground Comedy was a huge part of the local scene, but he was moving to Los Angeles, and he knew I had experience producing plays. It was like, hey, will you produce the show? Will you take it over? And I, I took it over. I started putting up what I thought were the best comedians pretty early in my stand-up life. I'd been doing comedy and performance in Chicago for 10 years, but... Uh, I'd only been doing stand-up for like six months when he let me take over one of the most popular alternative shows. And and I was like, okay. He and I had been doing this weird sketch game show stand-up character thing called Don't Spit the Water. Sure. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, yes. So we were both these weird characters. He was Merlin, the insult comic wizard. And I was Jumbles the Penguin, the weird performance art penguin who didn't speak. And we've been doing that for three years. And he was like, hey, you know, you're really funny, and, you know, he Tony Sam basically gifted me the show. And I, I, I've been doing shows there for a while that have been going well. I mean, I've been really lucky. I've been super lucky that I have a weird style, and I like to go dark. I like to, not just, like, nerdy is, like, what I tell audiences to get on board with what I'm saying. But really, I like to go as dark as possible and then try to still make them laugh. Like, that is my favorite thing to do. So I'm really lucky that I've had people support me and let me
0: go up. Now, uh, you mentioned your, your nerdiness and uh, some of your obsessions. And uh, we're kindred spirits in yeah. uh, the respect that your favorite wow. Nintendo game uh, is Maniac Mansion. Yeah, And buddy. that is one of the loves of my life.
1: What's great about Maniac Mansion is it's one of those games where you can't believe how shitty a system NES is by today's standards, but it, this tiny cartridge held so much data. Yeah. Real-time gaming, it's a really good time. And I, I, I heard
0: that you always would play with Razor, but I didn't get the second character that you always would pick. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the nerdy guy. I don't even uh, remember Bernard. his name. Bernard, Bernard, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, no offense but you you kind of I can see the resemblance. But I like what's the black guy's
1: name? Th- Michael. Michael. He was cool because he was I think uh was he an astronomer. I mean, he, uh, was, photography. A, he was a photography. He's a photographer. Yeah, I mean, you could develop those yeah, you could yeah, develop those photos. The <laughs> uh I mean like there's like, I just didn't like the main character cuz he Dave, wore a jean yeah. jacket and he was kind of a jock and stupid who gives a shit. <laughs> but uh I not know I didn't like the surfer because I really liked the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles growing up, but I like the dark Eastman and Laird comic book first, mm-hmm. and when they made it into a, a movie, I was like and then they moved, made it into a cartoonist, so the surfer <laughs> I resented that character in Maniac Mansion I was like, ugh, fuck you um, I can swear on this planet Absolutely, right. especially in regards <laughs> right. to surfers. Maniac Mansion, it's just like I don't know, like there's this over-fetishization of 8-bit video games, but that's one of those games you really can't believe how complicated it and is. And the music, too. The music is catchy, it's fantastic. I have on my iPod this wonderful thing called Razor's Theme. <laughs> As you know from listening to... Was it, did you hear my episode of Gay Medians? Yeah, yeah. This great. My buddy is Andrew and Dan in uh, Los Angeles have this really great podcast called Gay Medians. Where they let me... When I went to Los Angeles last time, I had a couple of auditions for The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. boohoo, Um, That <laughs> I didn't get on the show right before it, it died. Oh. But um, we talked about... Yeah, if, if you have access to the internet, uh, the Game Medians episode I'm on where I just talk about it. It's so fun. I mean... Video, if I could just do video game humor, I would be so happy. I'll will slide in Razor's theme right here. Well, would you would you want to slide it in professionally, or do you want me to play it off my iPod off my iPod earbuds? I'll pl- press it up against your speaker. What do you say? <laughs> sure. Do, well, do Because because here's the thing. I like audience crowd work. Mm-hmm. I like being in the moment. We could, we could totally kick it old school. What do you say? That sounds good. All right. So we, you could you could be a, you could be a slick nerd, but let's kick it organic style. All right. Ready? Yeah. I pray to god that registers it,
0: it is it is uh, minimally but it is I uh. always I always like the uh, opening da dum 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 da dum 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 da dum 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 yeah and, it, and like just all the music there's a
1: great 8-bit video game band called Gucci. have you ever heard of them? no they're really wonderful totally check them out Um, Anamanaguchi Anna or Anna. I'll show you how it's spelled on my iPod Touch here. What's great about iPod Touch is you can actually view things. Uh, do, 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 do. That's how you spell it. It's very fanciful. Okay. But if you Google it, they'll spell check you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... I, that, I remember I was so young I didn't understand uh, how, what punk rock was. Sure. And when I was in high school, I was obsessed with punk rock and Razor. Razor's one of those <laughs> icons of, because uh, I like a woman, much as my wife, who is very independent and strong-headed,
0: and uh, that's what Razor was to yeah. me as a child. Now, uh, every week on the show, we always ask for some recommendations. Uh, so first of all, an album recommendation.
1: Ooh, that's tough. Does it have to be recent? Could be recent. Could be uh, a favorite. Let's go Favorite. One of the coolest things that ever happened to me was when I got into this thing called the WFMU uh, The Best Show. Mm -hmm. If you go to... uh, Do you Are you familiar? Tom Tom Sharpling. Tom Sharpling. Oh, that show has made so many long drives palatable to me where I just listen to this three-hour show. It's amazing. People call it... And this guy, he was a writer for Monk um, on TBS, and he is just so smart and dark and yet optimistic because all I want to do with my stand-up, when I say I like to go for dark, I like to be dark and whimsical at the same time where the audience never feels like they're in danger I never just try to creep them out by yelling the C word over and over again like I try to like get them scared and then be like hey come back I don't know how much you get to see when I'm a middle but when I headline which I do once in a while I try to like oh let's get real dark let's get real dark Ugh. Tom Sharpling so effortlessly has this like antagonistic attitude but is so sweet and awesome mm-hmm. When I found out he also had my favorite band on ever, I was so happy. Ted Leo and the Pharmacists. You know their their last album is unbelievable. The Brutalist Bricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can if you can get a hold of it, it's so good. Like and all all the Ted Leo like Ted Leo was in this great band called Chisel that I was into a while back. When I, whenever I would meet someone who knew what Chisel was, I was super excited. Uh, the the woman who designed my album cover, Dynamo out of New York, uh, nose chisel, but like, ugh, God, Ted Leo and the pharmacist is great. Shake the Sheets was their album that they kind of exploded on, but
0: man, Brutalist Bricks is unbelievable. Sure. And, uh, and then finally, uh, a film recommendation. Once again, could be recent or could be a favorite film. Um,
1: the easy thing to do would be my all time favorite, but I just saw Moon. On Comcast On Demand. Have you seen Moon? (laughs) Not on Comcast On Demand. You've seen Moon? But I've seen Moon, yes. It's right up there with Sunshine, um, where I was just so blown away by the creativity. Anytime you try to use the universe or science or just, like, realism on this just outside our realm, like, if you take it seriously and try to try to create a story that engages the audience. I'm so flattered as an intelligent person. Like, and I don't think I'm especially intelligent, but I think I'm more intelligent than what Hollywood usually shoots for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, God, when I when I watched Moon, I was like, you give a shit, <laughs> movie maker. Like, you want me to be happy that I'm slightly smart. I could be a total imbecile, and you would still cater to me, but no, the people who made Moon... And Sam Rockwell, I've liked for a while, he, um forget what the first movie I liked him in was. Maybe because I thought uh, uh, what's it what's the Douglas Adams book? The Hitchhiker's Guide. Hitchhiker's Guide. He was pretty good in that movie. Yeah. Even though that movie didn't get great reviews I thought him and the guy from the British version of The Office were pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was in Choke the Chuck Palahniuk uh, adaptation. I mean he was really good Moon. I mean he really worked his ass off to be believable as like a semi-dumb astronaut who's like a farm boy but passed all the physical exams yet had been uh, this sci-fi element that I won't ruin. I mean, if you can see a sci-fi movie, see Sunshine or Moon, either of those movies, oh my god. And (laughs) Moon is available, like, if you have, I think it's Starz Channel on Comcast On Demand, or if you have Netflix. Netflix isn't streaming, right? I think so. Jesus, Moon is good. (laughs) I mean, a good movie about outer space even if it rates like a 7 on your overall movie scale, compared to any romantic comedy, any mainstream drama where the point is to make you want to kill yourself, any comedy where the point <laughs> is for you to just laugh at a guy farting and falling on his face, it's, it's like science. Like, this, the, the limits of what we understand are real. If you, if you give it that realism, it's such a gift to an audience. Like, uh, It's beautiful.
0: Anything else coming up that you'd like to uh, promote?
1: Sure. If you live anywhere near Chicago, I am performing at the Just for Laughs Festival. Just for Laughs, originally of Montreal. That was one of the most, if not the current most popular comedy festival ever. Just expanded to having a second festival in Chicago mm-hmm. the week before. June 15th, I'm performing um, at the Crazy Underground, I forget what it's called. It's a really long name. Look me up, Dan Telfer, on justforlaughschicago.com. June 15th. I have a really fun show. I may or may not be performing in a full astronaut's costume. Um, <laughs> As Sam Rockwell. No. <laughs> but uh, I'm debating whether or not to just do that or have a Twitter thing where, like, hey, if I have a 1,000 followers, I'll perform in an astronaut's costume. We'll see. But I um, have that coming up. Uh, Brian Posehn is nice enough to take me on the road sometimes. I'm going to go on the road with him again in August. If you live anywhere near Bloomington, Indiana, which is comparable to Madison, Wisconsin and its lovely liberalness compared to the insane blue-collar garbage around it, uh, Bloomington, Indiana has this great club called the Comedy Attic, which is one of the best clubs in the country. So I'll be heading out there with him in August.
0: Excellent.
1: I have nothing real... I mean, I'm a nobody. I haven't been on TV. I'll be doing a bunch of other random shows. Uh, Look me up online, please. I'm very grateful for any people who give a shit
0: uh at all like you rick thank you dan well thank you again for being on uh, host and guest oh my very much pleasure of mine thank you <laughs> thanks thanks again to dan for joining me on this edition of host and guest be sure to check out his ep fossil record when it comes out very soon on ast records and for more information visit his website Dantelfer.com. instead of the traditional tiny folk theme song i thought on this special edition of host and guest we'd wrap it up with the theme song from maniac mansion
1: mm <laughs>